Welcome to the Tao of Christ. This is Marshall Davis. The Tao of Christ is the podcast which explores the mystical, intuitive, and contemplative side of Christianity. In particular, it explores Christian non-duality or non-dualism, otherwise called the unitive life, unitive awareness, or union with God. Today I'm going to talk about what it really means to be born again, what Jesus meant by that expression. It does not mean what evangelical Christianity says it means. Evangelical Christians are not born again. That is how I began the second chapter of my book, Experiencing God Directly, The Way of Christian Non-Duality. That raised some eyebrows, as you can imagine. I will make the same declaration here. I don't think that evangelical Christians are born again. In fact, I don't think they have any idea what Jesus meant by the phrase born again. I have seen no indication that they have experienced the reality of what Jesus was talking about with Nicodemus in the Gospel of John. They are as clueless as Nicodemus. The only difference is that they think they know what it means to be born again, and they think they are born again. The phrase born again is at the heart of modern evangelicalism, at least the form of evangelicalism that I am most familiar with, which is the Baptist variety. I am an ordained Baptist minister, trained at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky, where I earned my Master of Divinity and Doctor of Ministry degrees. For over 40 years, I have served as a full-time Baptist pastor in Baptist churches, some Southern Baptist churches, but mostly American Baptist churches, which is a Southern Baptist more moderate cousin. What do evangelicals mean by the phrase born again? They mean that they have placed their faith in Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. They have trusted in Christ for salvation and been baptized in his name. That profession of faith may or may not be accompanied by a spiritual, religious, or emotional experience. Even though non-evangelicals think it is primarily a religious experience, in fact it is more a profession of faith. They would say that through trusting in Jesus, their sins have been forgiven, and they have been saved by God's grace through faith in Christ. That, in a couple of sentences, is what most evangelicals mean by being born again. But that is not what Jesus meant by being born again. It may have been part of what the author or final editor of the Gospel of John meant, as we will see in a minute. It is how the author of John interprets Jesus' words, but I am convinced that Jesus meant something very different. Let me read for you the famous interchange between Jesus and the religious leader named Nicodemus as found in the third chapter of John. I will be reading chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. The chapter goes on after that, but I think that verse 12 is where Jesus stops talking, and the verses immediately following it, verses 13 through 21, though often considered to be a continuation of Jesus' words, appear to be the gospel author's interpretation of what Jesus meant. But this is a matter of interpretation. There are no quotation marks in the Greek text. They did not put Jesus' words in red, like some English translations, such as the one I I am reading from, the Christian Standard Version. Quotation marks in red ink are added by translators. They, and we, have to make a judgment call about where Jesus stopped speaking 
and where the author starts giving his commentary on Jesus' words. I think that the editor's commentary begins at verse 13. I think that because after verse 12, the speaker no longer uses the first person singular pronoun I, like Jesus is using right up until then. From verse 13 on, Jesus is referred to in the third person as he, or the son, or the son of God, or the son of man. Now, it is certainly possible that Jesus is talking about himself in the third person. He might use the term son of man in the synoptic gospels to refer to himself, although that is by no means a certainty. But it seems more natural and more likely that in these verses here in John, someone is talking about Jesus, and that someone is namely the author of the gospel, which is traditionally thought to be the Apostle John, although most scholars think it was finished after John's death by members of his faith community, which are referred to at the end of the gospel, and are also referenced even in this passage in verse 12 with the pronoun we, where it says, We speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. But I can't get into this anymore here. In any case, I think the conversation between the two religious leaders ends at verse 12. Now I will read it for you. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, We know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel? And yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen. But you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? So, what does Jesus mean by the phrase born again? First, I need to make it clear that the phrase can be translated other ways, and some translations use the alternate phrases. It can be translated born new or born from above. Jesus himself uses the phrase born of the Spirit to refer to the same thing here in this passage. No matter how you translate it, Jesus tells Nicodemus that it means to see the kingdom of God. Says Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, He cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus immediately seems to misunderstand Jesus to be talking about a physical rebirth. So Jesus explains that he is not talking about being born of the flesh again, but born of the spirit as a second birth. Strangely, though, Nicodemus' idea of entering into the womb of his mother is not as far off as it seems. We tend to reject and dismiss Nicodemus' idea as foolishness, 
and if taken literally certainly is foolish, but when taken as a metaphor it has some merit. That is why Jesus does not dismiss what Nicodemus has to say. Jesus himself said that one has to become like a little child to enter the kingdom of God. A child in the womb is one with the mother. When we are born again, we become like a little child and become one with God, with the Father, one with the Son. The duality of separation is reversed and unity is restored. That is what it means to be born again. Those who are born again see the kingdom of God. That's it. That is all Jesus says about what it means to be born again. Those who are not can't see the kingdom. There's no mention of a religious experience here. No mention of having a personal relationship with Jesus as Lord and Savior. No mention of any doctrines that have to be believed. All it means is seeing the kingdom of God. Now Jesus does say there is an element of mystery involved in this rebirth. He says the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. He seems to be saying that the origin and the end of the second birth is unknown, almost as if it partakes of eternity, with no beginning and no end, and therefore is not of time. Jesus also talks about being born of water as well as the Spirit. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Now, this has caused all sorts of theological and ecclesiastical arguments about whether or not Jesus is talking about baptism here. It has given rise to the idea of baptismal regeneration meaning that baptism is the instrumental cause of the new birth. But it is far from certain that Jesus is talking about baptism here. It's possible, but he seems to be equating being born of water with being born of the flesh. So he may be referring to physical birth as being born of water, namely the breaking of the amniotic sac, which marks the beginning of labor. It is far from clear what Jesus or the Gospel writer is referring to here. In any case, it is clear that the distinguishing characteristic of the spiritual rebirth is seeing the kingdom of God. This is spiritual sight. What Jesus often talks about is having eyes to see, is the spiritual awareness of the all-pervading presence of the divine that is called unitive awareness or non-dual awareness. There's no duality. Heaven is seen on earth. As Elizabeth Barrett Browning puts it, earth's crammed with heaven and every common bush afire with God, but only he who sees take off his shoes. Having one's eyes open to the spiritual reality is certainly like being born again. Just like an infant comes out of the dark womb into a whole new world, So does one who is born of the Spirit enter into a whole new world of divine light. It is a universe entirely different than normal waking consciousness. It is the spiritual world. The physical world still exists, but only as an expression of this one Spirit. 
This new seeing is as different as day is from night. There's no vocabulary from the physical world that can accurately describe the spiritual. This is the kingdom of God that Jesus describes elsewhere as being present in the world, but people do not see it. The same kingdom that Jesus says is within us and outside of us. These are sayings about the kingdom that are both in the canonical Gospels, but perhaps perhaps best exemplified in the non-canonical Gospel of Thomas. Life in this kingdom of God is what the first letter of John means by being in the world, but not of the world. This unitive vision of the kingdom of God in our midst now is what Jesus was talking about. But it did not become the customary understanding of the kingdom of God in Christianity. The kingdom came to be seen mainly as a physical kingdom coming to earth in the future. Likewise, the idea of the new birth came to be associated with religious conversion and baptism. The transition to this more institutional form of the new birth is present even in this third chapter of the Gospel of John. As soon as Jesus finishes telling Nicodemus what the spiritual rebirth is, the author of the Gospel of John immediately moves into reinterpreting it to mean what it came to mean in the Johannine community in the last decade of the first century, presumably in the Turkish city of Ephesus, which is where most scholars place the author and the audience of the Gospel of John as well as the Revelation of John. The transition is so immediate, so immediate that it is not readily apparent to readers where Jesus' words end and the author of the Gospel's words begin. The transition certainly is by verse 13, and verse 11 is also this author's words. Verse 13 to 18 says, No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have, every, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. This commentary of the author or the final editor of the Gospel continues through verse 21, but I will stop my reading here. In these verses, the idea of being born again is reinterpreted as being equivalent to believing in Jesus. Now that is a huge difference. Being able to see the kingdom of God like Jesus is changed to believing in Jesus. One is intuitive seeing, unitive seeing, which always one. The other is dualistic thinking, in which Jesus is separate. In these verses, the author makes references to Old Testament stories from the life of Jacob and Moses to buttress his claim. He is referencing biblical authority rather than speaking from authority like Jesus did. This understanding of being born again became a dominant one. Therefore, you can see why evangelicals today 
equate being born again to the famous verse John 3.16 that I just read for you here. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Now, I would agree that faith in Jesus is important, and it is part of the spiritual life. I have faith in Jesus. It is part of what it means to live out a life in union with Christ and with God. So, I'm not talking about an either-or choice here, but rather a both-and. I talked about this in my teaching about Galatians 2.20 where the Apostle Paul talks about being one with Christ and then says he lives out that oneness in Christ by having faith in the Son of God, who loved him and gave himself for him. So I'm not dismissing verses 13 through 21 here, but they are a secondary interpretation of what it means to be born again and not the primary awareness that occurs at the new birth that Jesus is talking about. Now, we remain human, even after seeing the source and end of our lives in the divine. And part of that humanity is relationship. You know, the devotional and personal aspect of the spiritual life is an an important part of my Christian life. But it does not replace what Jesus clearly says is the essential meaning of being born again. It means undergoing a transformation or a metamorphosis in which one is able to see the kingdom of God and enter into the kingdom of God. How many evangelical Christians say they see the kingdom of God or have entered the kingdom of God? None that I know of. I have never heard them speak in such terms. They speak about looking forward to the kingdom of God in the future either when Jesus physically returns to earth at the second coming or when they die and go to heaven, but they do not talk like Jesus did about seeing the kingdom of God now or entering the kingdom of God now. For the, for the most part, they might talk about that theologically a little bit, but not about an experiential awareness. Now, faith in Jesus is wonderful, but it's not the new birth. It's not what it means to be born again. Being a born again is having one's eyes open to the presence of the kingdom of God all around us and within us. It is waking up. It's like being raised from the dead. It is a spiritual resurrection. It is once being blind, but now being able to see. It is a dramatic shift that is superbly described by the phrase, born again, born anew, born from above, born of the Spirit. That is the Tao of Christ for this week. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can respond to anything you've heard me say here on my Facebook page called The Tao of Christ or by emailing me. You can find that email address on my blog site, Spiritual Reflections, as well as a link to my books. All that is at marshalldavis.us. I hope you join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ.